everything paranormal. Para-X. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. gathering. The supernatural world can be a dark, intimidating, and scary place. We gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. My name is Heidi, and we are here for another Tuesday during the month of October, the spookiest month of the year. And Stephanie is off tonight. She is out in Washington, I believe, having a good time doing what she needs to do. And uh, But I thought we got to keep the show going during the Halloween month. So I decided to call in our former full-time co-host Kristen Barton here. So she's here with us tonight. Welcome, Kristen. Hey, everybody. Thanks for inviting me back, Heidi. It's really wonderful to be here. Oh, gosh, of course. You are always, always welcome here. And of course, like I said, you were one of the original, the original three. We used to be the three musketeers doing this show back in the day. Yes, absolutely. I miss it. I miss it. But so much fun to come in and just every once in a while pop in and listen to you ladies, see what you're up to. Oh, yeah. You know, we're always up to something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to have you here and um, especially this month because it's all things spooky, the month of October. Indeed. Indeed. I, so, uh, I, I get energized at this time of month, I think. I know, right? And it just keeps ramping up as we get closer yes. to Salon. Yes. Awesome. So, Kristen, for those of you out there listening that don't know Kristen, uh, she is a Wiccan high priestess and has been practicing. How long have you been practicing? Oh, gosh. Practicing probably 25 years. Been an initiate since 2006. And I have led a coven since 2011. Wow. That's very, very impressive and very cool. I know that I've come to, uh, I came to your Salon ceremony a few years ago. Gosh, it's probably mm-hmm. been more than just a few at this point. And it's so wonderful and beautiful. And um, so, yes, it's always a joy to talk to you and have you on the show and just hear what you've been up to. And we, you know, we'll chat about all things, again, spooky. And uh, we've already been chatting um couple weeks ago maybe we started a conversation on social media and I thought well that would be an interesting thing to bring back for tonight 
as well as wherever this leads us. So anybody in the chat room, if you have any questions, hop into the chat room if you want to ask your questions as we uh, get going here. But uh, yeah, I think this will be this will be fun, and it's such a joy to have you back. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's lovely to talk about all things spooky. It's my favorite favorite thing to talk about, as you know. So yay! Absolutely, we are peas in a pod that way. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, we had uh, I had posted on my social media page a picture, and I had captioned, you know, what the picture was. There was a an array of Ouija boards laid out on the floor that I was going to close. And one of the things that I do that I offer for people is to take. Ouija boards and such items off of their hands. If people want to just mail them to me to get them out of their possession, get them out of the house, and I will properly take care of the items for them. And so people send me stuff, you know, and it's not just Ouija boards, but mostly Ouija boards. And I had a a small pile of of boards to close, you know, to, to properly take care of. And I posted it because I thought it was just kind of a it kind of looked neat, you know, just seeing them sitting there, you know, getting ready. And, uh, you know, the boards were somewhat shaking in their boots a little bit. You know, some of them were trying to uh, be a bit blustery about, you know, what was going to happen. But anyway, I took a picture and I made sure to cover up each board enough so that the photograph of the board couldn't be uh, transmitted. That energy Mm -hmm. couldn't be transmitted through the photograph, right? Because that's a thing that happens. It is a thing, for sure. Right? So you could destroy the board, and here's the photo floating around social media or wherever, and it doesn't matter. Now you've got another issue on your hands. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it got an interesting discussion going um, that you jumped in on. And so I'd love to start with that. If you wouldn't mind, you know, just let's start with talking about these wild and woolly Ouija boards and other items, especially this time of year that kind of seem to, uh, to get our attention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, both you and I do house clearings and we are often called in when other people have been called in before and have, you know, tried perhaps and failed to eliminate a problem um, a spiritual infestation, an open portal, etc., any number of things that can happen, of course. Um, and a lot of times I will find that when I'm called in, it is because someone has, in fact, been using some form of tool that they don't fully understand, don't understand how to control, don't understand how to use, and also they don't understand always that um, when you open something, you have to shut that thing. You can't just stop using the tool or even necessarily um, stop the session with the tool mm-hmm. and then expect that portal to just disappear, right? Right. So that's that's what happens a lot when, when I'm brought in. Um, and that'll happen directly after spooky season when pe- about a month later, I start getting phone calls, as I'm sure you do too. It's like, you know, um, it was funny for a minute. It was fun for a minute, but it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Um, but so one of the things that um, that has kind of been in my sphere, and I'm not going to identify any of these people, but I have um, asked if I could talk about their cases in general. 
on the show um, is that I have a, a very good friend, a very close working partner who does extremely heavy spiritual lifting. I mean, like, if there is a demonic or diabolical infestation that I come across, she's the person I call. Mm-hmm. She actually battles truly malevolent diabolical entities and anti-entities. And uh, she was uh, asked recently to help a teenage girl. I believe the girl is about 16. And her father came to my working partner and said, you know, my daughter's got a lot of mental health problems, but she's also been doing a lot of um, spiritual things that we feel are very dangerous for her, that have exacerbated her her challenges, and she's begun to have behavioral changes, and she's begun to have manifestations of, you know, um, spiritual things happening around her and to her, including getting injuries and things like that, scratches and things, you know, moving around and flying around, and it's just been very, very bad. So my friend went in there. This is a couple months now. She's been working with this family for a while. She was trying to help this family, and the young lady does, in fact, have um, issues of psychosis, which, of course, complicates things quite a bit, mm-hmm. but she had been doing a lot of work with what a lot of people would, you know, just Monday, they, they call it black magic. That's not really a term I like, but people generally know what we mean when we say that. Mm-hmm. So she was doing a lot of malevolent type stuff, a lot of cursing, a lot of calling of entities who may be considered by a lot of people to actually be demons or demonic, things of that nature. And my friend was in there trying to explain to the family and trying to explain to the girl, you know, the, the, what, what she was actually kind of flirting with and, and dealing with. And so my friend kept doing these operations to help the girl, but she kept reopening the channels. Mm. And at first, my friend didn't understand why what she was doing wasn't working. Mm-hmm. She said, this is weird. This always works. I've been doing this for 30 years. Why isn't this working? Well, the girl was going in and she had um, hidden several tools amongst them, spirit boards, and was continuing to use them. Wow. Yeah. And so, of course, things were getting worse and worse and worse for the household and for the girl and the father was at his wit's end. And um, so I ended up... um, she kind of was discussing this with me and kind of bringing me in as a consultant and saying, you know, can you think of anything maybe that I haven't thought of that, that I could do? Um, what would you do in a situation like this? And I began talking with her about how I had um, seen on a couple of different uh, documentary type shows because I'm a big YouTube buff um, you know, uh, stories that have to do with, with spirit boxes, that, or I'm sorry, spirit boards and things of that nature, kind of throughout history. And the, the very famous story of Roland Doe, on whose possession story, the, um, the novel The Exorcist, by, I believe it was William Blatty Jr. No, Peter Blatty? Peter Blatty. It's probably mm-hmm. Peter Blatty. Blatty. The man's name was Blatty. And he wrote The Exorcist. And, um, he made the, the character in the novel be a little girl, but it was, in fact, a teenage boy. And his auntie, and this was in, like, the late 50s, I want to say, in the U.S., and his auntie had um, taught him to use a Ouija board. And then she passed. Well, 
he began to do this Ouija board by himself after the auntie had passed, presumably to try to talk with her. Mm-hmm. And he, they ended up having all the classic signs where they would have the, the bed shaking, the things rattling, the stuff falling off the walls, you know, all this stuff. And what ended up happening was he ended up going through, you know, a, a series of, of um, Catholic exorcisms because the family was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, the name, a specific name of an individual entity, became um, apparent during this very long, you know, drawn-out uh, series of exorcisms. And so I was talking with my friend about this, and I said, um, you know, I've seen other documentary-type shows regarding this, and I had recently seen one where there was a woman uh, who was on a paranormal show, a modern paranormal show, and she was being helped by um, a group of very Christian men. And uh, they they have this regular show, and I forget which one it is. I'm so awful. But I'll try <laughs> to find it, and if I do find it, I'll send, I'll send in the link. But, um, but she uh, was being tormented, and she described to this team how she had used this Ouija board and kind of almost became obsessed with it and began using it all the time. Mm-hmm. And she started having these things manifesting really like serious things like uh, lots of physical phenomena and stuff like that, she began to experience oppression and then possession to such a degree that she lopped off her own finger with a knife. And it showed her, she had a, a, um, it was very apparent that she had cut her finger off. It was healed in the footage, but she had cut her own finger off and she was talking about how, she was never without this entity. And this entity has several names, but one of his names starts with a P, as in Peter. Mm-hmm. And I will not say his name, obviously, um, but he is well known as a fairly high-level demonic entity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talk with my students about is how, although you can have anything come through any of these tools, right, um, there are some entities which are opportunistic. And it appears that this particular diabolical entity has taken a real shine to spirit boards and tends to really like to hook into people to victimize through Ouija or spirit boards. And so although it is possible to work with Ouija boards your whole life and never encounter this entity, um, Apparently, this entity makes a lot of appearances, and one of the things that it does is it uses this very rapid um, infinity sign pattern, Mm -hmm. the eight on its side. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, now I had not known this, but back when I was a teenager, back because, you know, I'm a child of the 60s and 70s, right? Everybody had a Ouija board. My friend Lori and I, we were teenagers. We played with this thing all the time. Yep. Lo and behold, what do I remember? But that rapid figure eight. Mm. And one day, this is the last time we ever played with it. Lori and I were sitting there, and we were doing our little thing with our Ouija board. And the planchette flew out from under both our fingers and stuck in my bedroom wall. Oh. And it was the last time we ever used that thing. (laughs) Yeah, that would do it. (laughs) But what happened with this woman who cut her finger off was that she 
um, had said that, that she'd had all these things happen, but she continued to engage it. And that's when she started to have these oppression and obsession and um, possession type symptoms happen. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's my point. That's what I would like to talk about a little bit is, is, you know, the fact that, yes, you can talk to your grandma with it. Sure you can. You can talk to anybody and anything with it. But and as you and I have talked about before on the show, spirits can lie. Mm-hmm. But also, apparently, there are opportunistic, opportunistic spirits who tend to gravitate toward these specific, particularly, in this case, Ouija boards with this particular thing. And this is a really nasty guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um... Yeah, everything you're saying, I totally, I totally hear you and have come across what you're talking about too. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are, this entity is especially nasty. And yeah, for whatever reason, very connected to coming through Ouija boards. I mean, yeah, not I only, think... but very much uh, for whatever reason does. Yes. I think he just saw an opportunity and was like, oh, look, free lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literally just went, oh, an all-night diner. Look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you had mentioned too in the beginning um, of, you know, that it isn't like just turning it on and turning it off. And I think our society, especially, you know, we have TVs, we have computers, we have cell phones, we have so many things, our lights, our you know, anything that we can turn on the switch, our vehicles, it's so easy to turn stuff on. And then when we're done playing with it or done using it or whatever, we just turn it off and boom, it's it's done. And that is not how you can work with divination tools. Any divination tool does not work like that. So right. you, but especially when you are going into something like this and really calling out to talk to and communicate with spirit and possibly, you know, specifically with certain spirits as if you're trying to communicate with a loved one who it may or may not be that loved one, you know, you're getting really specific and calling out for answers right now, real time. I need you to answer me now. And it really is, it does not work like that. It is not a remote control that you just turn on and turn off. And when you're done, it's done. It just right. it does not work like that. Yeah, that's exactly it. And as you were saying, you know, it doesn't have to be a spirit board. But for me, spirit boards are particularly hard to control. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they're just a, a, I don't want to say a gross tool, but they are. They're a gross tool. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, you can certainly ward them and consecrate them. You can certainly put parameters in place so that only certain things that you invite can come through them. That's true. Um, But I think that it takes a very trained will and very um, good preparation and good concentration and being in a, um, a very solid place spiritually for a person to really pull that off in a way that's going to really mitigate a lot of the dangers that your average user might encounter. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of people will say to me, and this, you know, this can be very true. They'll be like, I've used a Ouija board all my life and nothing bad has happened. Great. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't mean it can't. Right. It means it hasn't. Exactly. Yep. I look at it as gambling. You know, just right. because you haven't lost big doesn't mean you won't. Right. Right. It's just you risk it every time you gamble. And that's, you're willing to do it. Great. But just know, you know, Tim always said, um, he, you know, he was, Tim was in the military. And one of their, their fears, you know, was, was getting hurt or, or killed, you know, and that's, that's a thing. And um, they'd come back from missions and they, you know, those that were coming back were like, okay, well, my number didn't get called this time, you know, but it was a thing that this is, you know, the more times you go out, the more likely something bad is going to happen. And that's the same thing. I'm not trying to compare the military with using a Ouija board by any means, but I'm using this example that he said, you know, it's like eventually your number is going to get called, right? Um, if you mm-hmm. keep going into this and same, you know, so these, you put yourself in these situations um, where there's a lot of risk and, you know, your odds just keep going up that something is going to happen that's not good. Well, exactly. And even very experienced practitioners can have a wild card rear its head. Mm-hmm. Um, in witchcraft um, society in which I'm involved, we often will get together with witches of different um, traditions and different styles of witchcraft and talk about things that have happened to us, even though we had every uh, safeguard in place that we thought we could put into place and we're using all of our best practices and all of our training and all of our whatever, but it's just one little detail that you can forget or ignore or get distracted from or what have you. And the, the issue is that most of the time you're not going to encounter anything that is truly malevolent, but if you happen to, they are so opportunistic, they are so tricksy, they are so sly that it is very difficult for a human being, even a very well-trained and even sometimes very psychically adept human being, to truly discern what their motivations are, what their vibration is, they can cloak themselves, they can do all sorts of things that can make it seem like you're in a, a much safer situation than you are in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, two, one of the other reasons that I just I wanted to talk a little bit about this subject as well is that, and thank all the gods of this student of mine came to me, came to me and said, hey, I just want to run something by you. I'd already made a decision to go do this, and then I decided maybe I should talk to my teacher. This person was going to take her teenage child to a cemetery with an unwarded, unconsecrated Ouija board and have a Ouija board session with her teenager in the cemetery. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you want to probably not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Big time. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't, 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 don't do that. And she was like, I almost really, really did a bad thing, didn't I? I said, you almost did a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call it a bad thing. I'm going to say that it is dangerous. And particularly, it is dangerous for teenagers. Mm-hmm. 
I bet you have something to weigh in on. What is your opinion on on the um, the openness and the vulnerability of teens when it comes to paranormal energies, Heidi? Yeah, I know. I don't. Um, when I do paranormal investigating or any kind, and it's in even teaching my classes and stuff, I. I would rather not have anyone that's under 18 and 18 is still young, but you're an adult and you can make your own decisions. And I know that there's very capable, you know, adult like teenagers that can make good decisions yeah. too, but Absolutely. their energy is not right for most of this. And they are, um, their, their energy is unpredictable. It is, um, not anything that they usually have a full handle on managing, and it won't be for a long time. But as they get older, it's it you know they can more than as a teenager. And um, there's just so many openings that a predatory being would take advantage of. And I just it makes me shudder to think of how many people I talk to that say they go on a paranormal investigation with their kids. We did this. Yeah, we brought the kids. It was a great time. And I'm thinking, oh, my, what what <laughs> are you doing? You did and, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, people, you know, if I'm running a real basic class, I might say 16 and over. But usually, yeah. like, when we're doing an actual investigation, no way. No mm -hmm. way anyone under 18. No, certainly not. Please excuse me. My water, I need a glass of water. I won't be able to continue to talk. I apologize for the water. <laughs> no, that's okay. But yeah, it's, um, it is, yeah. it's, and I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing you feel the same um, to some degree when yes. it comes to teenagers anyway, doing this. Yeah, we want my coven for the purposes of, now granted, Wiccan, Wicca is a religion, as a lot of listeners know. If you're not aware of that, Wicca is not a, um, a system of spellcraft. It is not a system of magic. It is a is a religion. It's a neo pagan religion. However, um, Wicca also encourages and teaches witchcraft as well. However, it teaches it with a very solid set of ethics, and we really emphasize, at least if we are worth our salt, in my opinion, we teach a lot of safety. Mm -hmm. um, I will not, in my coven, take someone under 21, usually. Okay. Um, I have had parents bring their older adolescent children to specific rituals, but they have to be pre-approved. Like, for instance, this particular student wanted to take her, her daughter to... Um, to do this ghost hunting exercise because she had taken her to a, and she'd been approved to, to bring her to the last new moon circle that we had. And our new moons are very innocuous. We don't do any heavy lifting. It's very, um, it's very gentle, very benign. Her daughter was interested in what is my mom doing on Saturdays when she goes and hangs out with these people that she calls her coven. And so I said, sure, you know, your daughter's over 16. She's going to be with you. It's a new moon. There's no problem you know, yeah, bring her along, we'll answer her questions, what have you. We all had a lovely time, lovely young person. But then, of course, this person was, you know, keen on answering all, you know, or asking all these questions. And, you know, that's natural um, curiosity, and it's a really fascinating subject and all these things. Um, but this student 
is uh, is a brand new dedicant, um, just barely kind of starting on on this path, and uh, kind of didn't fully doesn't know what they don't know, if you will, mm-hmm. in some ways. Yep. This person is very well read. Um, they're very uh, they're a book smart witch. Definitely definitely not an abject beginner, but but had not done a lot of spiritual operations and. Honestly, even as you, you, I'm sure, will agree, Heidi, um, even if you have 30 years experience, there are still things that you don't know about doing spiritual operations that you have to kind of fly by the seat of your pants and mm-hmm. handle things as they come up. And, um, and this person thought, well, you know, I mean, um, she'd used a Ouija board before and nothing bad had happened, you know. So I'm just really glad that she did reach out. So I said, tell you what. Why don't you come to the Covenstead? We'll do a class with you and your your child about, you know, spiritual safety, you know, how not to run with scissors, spiritually speaking. We'll talk about warding and consecrating tools and what tools are and and what the pitfalls are, what are the potential dangers, and... um, and like that, and and I had told this particular student, I said, you know, I, I again, <laughs> as I've said many times on this show, um, I like to heckle paranormal shows. Some of them really, some of these people really do know what they're doing. Some of mm-hmm. them really don't. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, there was a show that I remember having seen where a mother brought her uh, 16 or 17-year-old son to a cemetery in which um, uh, she had used some dowsing rods and uh, the boy ended up having an oppression-type experience where he ended up actually having words carved into his flesh and just really frightening things happening. And so I, I... you know, um, they ended up getting it rectified in the, in the show. They had, um, you know, cause it's all about getting the practitioner who is both skilled and also in alignment with the spiritual beliefs of the people who are needing the help. Mm-hmm. So they got the right kind of minister in there for this family. And this Good. person had some experience dealing with these things and really did apparently know their stuff. So they got the young man turned around and he is now le- leading his best life, which is great. Oh, but, you know, the, this mom, my student, was like, I'm just kind of very like sick to my stomach at what I almost did to my child. And I said, mm-hmm. but you didn't do it. You didn't right. do it. Yep. So we're all good. We're all good. And we're going to have a nice class and we're going to do some research <laughs> together and we're all going to, you know, years from now, we're going to laugh about this. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah um, you know, and that's what I, what I tell people is, is that I, I say that you can, you can put boundaries in place. You can use safeguards. You can do all those things. And you can always, to a certain degree, mitigate any uh, risk that you are taking but it is never completely safe. Would you agree? No, it, and it can't be because you're you're dealing with something that is is infinite. You know, you're dealing with something that it's not possible to know all the laws or rules or possibilities that of things that could happen. So, no one could absolutely know everything there is to know about every situation that they could find themselves in. 
That's it's just right. not possible. And and again, it doesn't matter how skilled you are, how long you've been doing this, you can't know everything. No. No, exactly. And that's the thing too. One of the things that is um I think to me the the greatest challenge and this is something that you well, I mean, you always learn this stuff by doing it, which is, you know, means that there's a, a certain element of risk. When you come into possession of something, like when you get this stuff mailed to you, you know, you have to regard that thing. You have to prepare to receive it. You have mm-hmm. to be able to then assess this thing and be like, what is going on with this thing? What are, are there any open operations associated with this thing? Mm-hmm. Is there any entity or uh, shadow type uh, attachment that is apparently with this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there any sort of vortex that is associated with this thing? Is there any sort of uh, magnetization of something spiritual that has happened with this thing? Uh, have multiple different practitioners done different operations with this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually talked to people, I've literally, and I'm just, I can hear myself screaming, but like people will be like, well, I found this, this, you know, Ouija board in a dumpster. And it's like, don't tell me, you, you touched it, didn't you? You took it home, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you? Like, <laughs> Good don't choice. Do that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Kristen, I'm going to have to stop us because I just realized we are a little past the half hour. So we're going to yeah. take a, a quick commercial break and then we're going to pick this up where we left off. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. This is the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. As you go about your daily life, look closer. Every year across America, a staggering 4.2 million youth are homeless or trafficked. Covenant House is the national leader providing safe housing for youth, 50 years strong. Every youth who walks into Covenant House gets clean clothes, hot meals, medical care, and a safe place to sleep. So look closer at Covenant House and help us fight youth homelessness. To help or get help, go to covenanthouse.org. Are you haunted by shadow people in the middle of the night? Do you secretly love all things creepy and spooky, enjoying ghost stories and horror fiction from the best storytellers? Do you have a true ghost experience you want to share, but no one will believe you? If yes, listen to the professionals on What Are You Afraid of? Horror Paranormal Show, Friday nights at 9 p.m. on ParaX Radio and at www.whatareyouafraidofpodcast.com. What are you afraid of on ParaX? Our creepy and demented hosts are on call to provide you with all your spooky needs with true ghost stories, interviews, indie music, and new horror fiction. We are ready to scare you. Para X. Are you looking for a supernatural radio show that is informative and fun? A show with topics such as ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic energy, spirits, cryptids, and more hosted by paranormal investigators with years of investigations under their belts? Then look no further than The Calling 2.0, powered by The Sim Crew. Hosted by paranormal investigator Jerry and psychic medium Valentina, along with others. Tune in on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on the Para-X Radio Network.
everything paranormal. Para X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para X Radio Network, and I have Wiccan High Priestess Kristen Barton with me tonight, and we have been talking about. Ouija boards and divination and possession and all sorts of really cool October-y kind of stuff tonight. So thanks for being with me tonight, Kristen. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure. I, I love this um, this subject. And I was just, I was just thinking, um, kind of just riffing in my mind about like, the, you know, the, the, the whole uh, using the different tools. But something that goes along with that and especially along with like how you will take other people's tools and shut them down for them, you know, um, make them inert. Um, a lot of times people get into problems when they bring stuff home from an antique store or an estate sale. We've talked about that stuff before too, but something that really interests me actually quite a lot lately because of something that I was talking um, with my youngest granddaughter who sees spirits um, about uh, just this this last couple weeks is mirrors mm-hmm. because mirrors can definitely be portals. They can also be used specifically for spiritual practices. And um, and my granddaughter, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, has inherited the the family trait of seeing spirits and talking to them. Mm. And she's just old enough now. She's 10. She's, you know, she's becoming an adolescent and she's old enough to be a little bit scared now. You know, at first it was like, oh, you know, I'm just talking to these spirits and they're, you know, whatever. And it's like children have protections. They have spiritual protections around them. But she's getting to the point where she's becoming an adolescent. We mature early in our family and she's starting to get a little bit, she knows enough to be scared, which is good. But uh, she was asking me about about circles, or I'm sorry, about, um, sorry, scatterbrain, uh, mirrors, and how she tends to see things in reflections and see things in, like, what well, mirrors and in windows and just various glassy surfaces. And I have my home well warded. She was in my living room, but she saw something outside of the window that was apparently either trying to play with her or scare her Mm. and she was perceiving this and she got quite frightened it was after dark and you know and i i went and looked and i said oh yeah there's there is you're you're seeing something out there but it can't get in here Mm -hmm. why does he want to scare me and i said well i don't know maybe just because they think they're playing with you and they don't understand they're scaring you or because they're a jerk Mm-hmm. And they're trying to scare you. So we just put the, you know, the blinds up. And I said, there you go. No problem. But I have mirrors, mirror tiles facing out on all my windows and doors, you know. And I, I regularly, <clears throat> as witches do, <clears throat> excuse me, regularly uh, ward and clear and do all those things. But I was just wondering, what, what do you have to say about things like, like that, like mirrors, particularly mirrors that have come from other households or reflective services and kind of what that can entail when it comes to like seeing, because we have, you know, everybody's sort of scrying mirrors, right? I have mm-hmm. several black mirrors that I use mm-hmm. at Salon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that my coven does at Salon is we do scrying and we do divination. Yep. So what do you think about that? What, is, what, is, what are your opinions? Pontificate about mirrors. Yes. Yeah. So, well, I I love scry- my scrying mirrors. I have uh, the black obsidian uh, scrying mirrors and a black 
obsidian crystal ball that I use for mm-hmm. scrying too, which I love. And um, but it comes, you know, again, you have to be mindful and careful and do all the proper, <laughs> you know, s- protections and clearings and setting it up correctly and all that. So, um, but yeah, mirrors in general and anything. Yeah, windows, reflective. Um, yeah, they have caused some serious problems uh, that I have had. I found myself involved in, you know, getting involved in because people are like, what is happening? And it is never a surprise when I have to go to a home clearing and there is a lot of activity that if there's not a portal, I'm going to find a mirror probably that is the cause of where all this activity is coming through. So if there's not a portal somewhere, I'm going to start looking at all the mirrors because I'm guessing that's the second, I mean, it's usually the second culprit. If we, if there's a lot of in and out activity, right? You know, if you've Mm -hmm. got a lot of it, like almost like a bus station, you know, in and out and a lot more in probably than out. Um, And if you can't, if I can't find a portal, you know, or some kind of vortex or something on the premises, then I'll start looking at mirrors because those are a huge culprit when it comes to um, doorways, you know, and, and being accessible to this plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've uh, heard of and, and been told of uh, magical practitioners who will trap things in mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, and uh, and stuff like that, and of course, um, oftentimes you'll have. I've even seen it in a reflective set of plates. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a silver platter that I came upon recently in uh, a an antique store in Anoka, and of course, you know, I love. I live very near Anoka. You know, I love Anoka. Mm-hmm. It's the Halloween capital of the world. You know, and it's so witchy and and everything. There's so many antique stores, and one of that's how I learned that my granddaughter could um, perceive spirits. Is that I was taking her, as is the family tradition. My mom took me to uh, antique stores. I took my daughter to antique stores. My daughter takes her daughter to antique stores. So I'd taken her, Charlotte, our little. 10 year old to, to an antique store and she started getting nauseated. Mm. And I was like, Oh, or, you know, did, did you, do you think you ate something? And she's like, no, no, no. It's the energy. I get dizzy. And I was like, Oh, so I took her outside, helped her ground, explained some stuff to her and then brought her back in to see if she could kind of get a hold of her energy and be able to stabilize herself because there were a lot of spirits in there. We walked by this one particular little alcove place and um, there was something there that it was quite ornate that was sitting definitely within within reach that could be touched and she was fascinated by it and drawn to it and she was kind of leaning in looking at it she wasn't touching it but then she went oh excuse me mm. and I said the la- <laughs> the lady doesn't like children touching her stuff does she and she said no she said don't touch that I don't need your grubby little fingerprints all over that <laughs> It was so funny, but um, but yeah, you know, you'll there was a when I was in there, there was a a silver platter, very beautiful, 
and I'm trying to pare my stuff down because my husband and I are considering actually retiring out of the country in South America. So I'm not supposed to be buying more stuff, right? <laughs> I'm supposed to be giving away my stuff. And I am doing that. I really am. I'm, I've pared it down. I'm giving away stuff. You might, you might fall victim to this as well, Heidi, at some point. I might be like, look at all these beautiful things. Take them, please. Um, <laughs> does anybody want to take this beautiful picture home? Because it will not travel to South America. But, um, but I, you know, I was just eyeing this beautiful silver tray. It was so pretty. I was like, why, why am I so entranced by this silver tray? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you are just not a serving tray. Oh, no, no, no. You have been used for other things. and there was a very mischievous older gentleman who looked of a victorian persuasion gazing out at me with a wry grin and i was Mm -hmm. like well aren't you just a scoundrel (laughs) um (laughs) i'm sure he meant no harm i'm sure he would have been fine but he's like come on take me home take me home come on (laughs) no i don't think so uh no Yeah, the mirrors and the reflective surfaces can be very tricky. And they, I, Stephanie actually sent me a box. I think you've heard the story where it had a mirror in under the lid, and there was a an entity trapped in that mirror and very aggressively trying to get out. And I think I know. I don't think I know that he would have been successful at some point if yeah. he would have been in someone's hands that didn't understand what was going on. And Stephanie knew, I'm, I don't want to handle this. And so she, as soon as she opened it, she shut it and just was said, nope. And she popped it right in the mail and sent it to me because this thing was really aggressive and trying to get out. And the, the seal on it was not strong at all. Cause when I got it, I thought, Oh my gosh, how is he even still in there? This is such a flimsy attempt at sealing him in. And actually, it had been bought new for her. And so I think whoever was making these was doing it on purpose, trapping this being in there. Oh, my goodness. And sending it out like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw, I had an opportunity to speak with another person who um, had gotten involved on the Internet with a supposed purveyor of magical objects, Right. Mm. And this person was a woman and she, who was the purveyor. And she was, uh, she had this online shop and she had all of these different objects. And, you know, some of them were cursed and some of them were said to have had, you know, been used by, quote, vampires, unquote. And all of these, you know, really taking advantage of people who kind of didn't know the boundary between a teen novel and reality type of thing. And uh, this this young woman purchased something from this purveyor and she the young woman had been quite fascinated with teen vampire fiction and mm-hmm. wanted very much to believe more um, that the fictional worlds that were created by these authors were a lot more uh, akin to our reality than than they really are mm. and ended up uh, purchasing this thing bringing it home and uh, finding herself oppressed very, very horrifically and painfully and um, was really, truly terrified and ended up even getting involved in things like, um, you know, she, she wasn't able to eat and she was using, uh, she started using hardcore drugs. And just, I mean, really rough stuff, really bad oh. stuff. 
And uh, she managed to extricate herself from it, but she, she had believed that this woman was her friend, you know, because she had had these online um, conversations with this woman. And she seemed so nice and she seemed so kind. And, and you know, and so, so she went to this woman. She's like, listen, I'm having a really hard time with this thing. And I want you, I don't know, I need advice. Will you take it back? Do you tell me how to close it down? Will, you know, and the woman instantly turned on her and said, no returns. No oh, returns. dear. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't talk to her. Uh oh. And so she ended up having to go through all of these very, very painful things on her own. She was um, able to somewhat get herself turned around, but it did not assist her that she had also had occasional bouts of depression prior to this. And um, what I said to this young woman was, you know, I hate to be that guy who doesn't think the best of my fellow human, but this woman is working for those things. She knew exactly what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She gets rewarded for providing yep. them with fresh, fresh meat. Yep. And so I would just like to say, just in general, to whomever may be listening out in the stratosphere, and particularly <laughs> if you are a young person who, you know, maybe knows, because a lot of times you're a teen when you figure out, right, that you are psychically gifted. Mm-hmm. You figure out that you have an interest perhaps in paranormal uh, things, occult things, witchcraft subjects, okay? We have all been there. I mean, you and I, Heidi, are very much people who walk on that side of life. There's nothing wrong or bad about being a person like that. But do not believe that everybody who's nice to you, who seems to be an older witch, right, who wants to take you under their wing, don't presume that that person has your best interests at heart because they may not. And I have seen very, very unfortunate situations happen up to and including people who were told that they would be taught witchcraft, oh, I'm a high priest or I'm a high priestess. Whether or not they actually are, they tend to be predatory individuals, right? They Mm -hmm. tend to want to either lunch on your life force all the gods forbid, maybe take adult sort of advantage of a young person, um, may want to take financial advantage, or again, all the gods forbid, exploit that young person. Um, that is what happened. You know, this this uh, young woman who purchased this accursed object, and it was called that. It was called an, an accursed object. But it was made to sound so romantic and so cool, right? Mm-hmm. So, so alluring and glittery and everything that is beautiful in the dark and made the dark protect you, you know, that type of, that whole goth thing. Well, this young woman had been involved in the goth club scene in the UK mm-hmm. as well. So she was just primed and pumped for this, right? Mm-hmm. She was already, you know, wearing all the black nail polish and there's nothing wrong with that. I love me some goth, okay? I'm a strawberry blonde. Can't pull it to save my behind, but <laughs> it's a beautiful look. <laughs> if you can pull it, it's a beautiful look. Um, but so this young woman was, you know, doing all of this goth clubbing and she was involved in this very underground type of scene and so it was very easy for her to stray over into this uh, glittering internet world of, you know, vampire houses and all of this stuff. And, you know, these people, a lot of them are older adults who are just basically laying in wait 
to take advantage of young, less savvy individuals. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you, there are ways. First of all, any adult who is going to teach a teenager is suspect because as both you and I have said, Heidi, we don't take teenagers to instruct. Right. We don't do that. No person who tells you they are a Wiccan high priest or high priestess who will take you as a 16-year-old as a student is telling you the truth because they're not. They're not what yep. they say. Okay? Yep. So you run. You run um, because that, that's not how it works. And at this time of year particularly, I just the, my mama bear comes out, you know. <laughs> I just want people to, to have all the, the witchy fun Certainly, and explore these things, but do it with people whose credentials you can check. Mm-hmm. Do it with people whose uh, reputations you can check. Um, even people who are well-known in community. There was a, and I will not name names, but there was a one gentleman who was heavily involved in both, quote, vampire lifestyle community and also in uh, pagan and witchcraft festival Life because there's a lot of fests. Fests are great, right? I love mm-hmm. fests. I go to Paganicon <laughs> almost every year. I love me some witch fest. But this guy was well known. Like his his name's out there, and he has been. Um, he there are women who say that he has sexually assaulted them. Young women, you know, people like that. So you can't be too careful. Always err in the side of caution. Always ask. Reach out. I am available. I will answer questions. I know you will too, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Um, my email is kristinbarton2003 at yahoo.com. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N, B as in boy, A-R-T-O-N, 2003 at Yahoo. It might take me a second, but I will get back to you. <laughs> and I will answer your questions and help you. Um, because... The story of this young woman was really, it was about the most egregious, scary story I've ever heard as far as somebody being kind of drawn in and taken in by a predatory person on the internet. And this young woman almost lost her life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She really did. And so we must be very, very, very careful. And this accursed object was basically a portal that allowed these disembodied entities to feed on her. Mm Yeah, it's it's terrible. And I've seen it through things like you're talking about. I've seen I've had to work with people who have had beings channeled through um what is it called? A guided meditation. A YouTube. Oh, yes. Yep. And it's intentional where they're channeling this negative being through to take over people who are tuning into this this uh it's like a meditation. It sounds lovely. It feels fine. No, you know, but over time you listen to it once you want to listen to it again and then again and again, and then you can't not listen to it. You have to listen to it. And then in the process, your life is falling apart because you're being directed more and more because this thing has a more of a hold on you. I mean, it there, people are crafty with how they, they can move these beings out into this plane. Yeah, and you know, if you go on any any um, sales site on the internet, eBay, Etsy, any of these, you will see people selling like cursed objects, cursed mm-hmm. doll, oh, cursed yep. box. Yep. You know, things like don't buy it. Yeah, no. Don't do it. 
It might you know, sound fun or a cool hollow, Halloween thing, but don't. Why would you risk it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the other thing is the psychic games. I know we've covered this before, too, but my 10-year-old granddaughter knew the game Charlie Charlie, which I had never heard of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's a new iteration of the same old thing. Yeah. So yeah. I've explained to her, because she's old enough now to go to slumber parties, and it's like, you know what? If they're doing that stuff, you be like, that's all right for you guys. I'm not going to participate. Right. Yep. And I gave, Which I, is... we consecrated two necklaces to keep her safe too. Like she can wear those to keep her grounded and safe. Oh, good. Yeah. That's, it's hard too when you're in a group and everybody else is, is doing it because they think, oh, it's no big deal. And you've been told, you've been told like, hey, this is, this could be dangerous. Don't do it. That's hard for a kid. You know, so, yeah. yeah, but that stuff, I mean, it's, ev it's everywhere. You just have to be, you have to be really careful. Well, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of times it is just quote a kid's game. The problem mm -hmm. is that, like we've said, there are op opportunistic spirits mm -hmm. that will take advantage. And sadly, the internet is filled with websites. I actually happened on, um, I've, th there were several years in between these two, but the, both of these were cases of women who claimed to be healers. And uh, I happened upon their websites. One, one had uh, approached me and acted like she wanted my advice. When I go to where she wants me to go, and she's actually trying to draw me in to be her client, which I thought was interesting. It's like, you didn't really take a lot of time to figure out who I was, but okay. Um, and what she had is she had, had ensorcelled and she had um, enchanted her website to emanate this very compelling magnet-type drawing energy to anyone who opened up her homepage. Oh, wow. And I felt it right away. And I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it feels real yummy, but it's mm -hmm. not. Yep, yep. And so, of course, anytime you feel compelled to do something, like you were saying, where you feel like yep. you've just got to do it, mm -hmm. that's your first red flag. That's when you yep. ask for help. Yep, absolutely. That's where you have, to, you have to be mindful and trust that there's something you need to investigate further if that's what, if that's what you're feeling. So, okay. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pull it here, Kristen. We could be on for probably three hours and have loads of conversation, but we're at the end of our hour already. So I know. <laughs> I know. So, but this was fun. Thank you so much. We're gonna have to have you on again soon because we always have way more to talk about than we can fit into an hour. So sure. thank you for being here, though. Of course, and it's just lovely to to be here and, and talk to everybody and I miss the show and I look forward to being on again soon. Yes, absolutely. We'll have you back and everybody out there. Thanks for listening. If we have any troops that are listening tonight, please be safe and thank you for tuning in everybody in the chat room, all the listeners out there, wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love having you with us. Para X radio network. Thank you so much for hosting us. Once again, we love being here and Sarge, most amazing producer on the planet. Thank you for pulling this together once again. And we wish you all a very happy week and we'll see you next week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye.